You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus took the cross, the judgment that was intended for Barabbas. And guys, Jesus took the cross, judgment that was intended for us because of our life, because of our lusts, because of our hate, because of our hard-heartedness. He was innocent. He was the perfect lamb, spotless and innocent, and yet he took ours. Before sending Jesus to the cross, Pontius Pilate offered to release a Hebrew prisoner. The Jewish leaders set on killing Jesus called for the release of a murderous insurrectionist named Barabbas instead of the innocent Jesus. In effect, Jesus died in place of Barabbas. But Pastor Dion explains today that Jesus also died in our place. The story of Barabbas mirrors our story. Though we're the ones that earned condemnation through our sins, Jesus took the punishment on himself so that we don't have to. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Romans chapter 5 as he continues his message, Why Jesus Came. That's a lot to swallow. That's a lot to believe. When your fiancé comes up to you and says, I'm pregnant, but, but it's from the Holy Spirit. So he wasn't sure. Should I... Divorce her privately, or should I continue with the marriage? He wasn't sure, so God sent him a message. Here's what God said in Matthew 1, verse 21. Mary will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Everybody out loud. For he will save his people from their sins. All right? There it is. First and foremost, he's going to save his people Why why is he coming? To save his people from their sins. Then Jesus himself, during his ministry, made a statement about why he came. In John chapter 10, in verse 10, Jesus said, A thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I come to give life, a life in all of its fullness. All right? So there's another reason why Jesus came. So let's uncover that. God also gave the Apostle Paul a a few more details about why Jesus came. They were specific details. You'll find this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. So if you want to open your Bibles there, we'll be in that chapter a couple of times. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, here's what it says. Why Jesus came. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law, the commandments were given, but it was not counted as sin because there were not yet any laws to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. 
But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we were guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. All right. So, listen. That sounds a little bit tangled in some respects, so let me unravel some of the text for you. First of all, the passage contrasts two distinct men. There's Adam and Christ. And he says, by one man, Adam, everybody says name, Adam, sin entered and spread. Guys, we all know the prohibition or command that God gave Adam to not eat of that one tree. But he disobeyed. Look at your neighbor and say, cabezudo, cabezudo, he was a knucklehead. And so look at the same neighbor and say, just like you. Just look at him and tell that, right? Now because of Adam's sin, because of Adam's sin entered and spread. And death infected everyone and everything. At that, on that moment that Adam sinned, the law of entropy began. The, things wearing out, things winding down, things degrading, things deteriorating. Guys, aging is the evidence of our fallen nature. I'm going to say it again. Aging is the evidence of our I mean, our fallen nature. So go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, I can see it. I, I, can, I can see it. Huh? Wrinkles, white hair, hearing, sight, and memory fading are all proof of your fallen nature. Everyone got, has it, okay? It's kind of like that middle-aged couple, you know, who finally built their dream house. They were so we finally built it. But the contractor had a little bit of a concern. The concern was about an atrium window that they placed in their bathroom that looked, I mean, it was right there directly in line, she gave everybody clear sight of their walk-in shower. And he said, you know, the, the contractor said, I'm afraid that your neighbors might have a good view of you guys, you know, on natural over there, you know. And that's when the wife put the contractor to ease and she said, if they look, they'll only look once. Age. Everybody said age. <laughs> or the two friends who were sitting at a bar and they're having, you know, they're having a drink together and, and, and one of them looks at the other and he says, he says, see those two old guys sitting across from us? Those two old drunks over there. That's going to be us in 10 years. The other guy looks at him and says, dude, that's a mirror. That's us now. <laughs> Some of you walked in front of the mirror and had to take a double, a double look, right? Age, man, it's, it's part of our fallen nature. 
So because of Adam, we're born with our bodies dying. From the minute that we're born, it's deteriorating. And with our spirits dead. Because of Adam, we're born with our bodies dying and our spirits dead. Dead to God and dead to righteousness. In fact, the doctrinal word for this is total depravity. Being dead to God and dead to righteousness. Everybody say the word total depravity. Mean we're bad to the bone. We are born rotten to the core. So I always, you know, when people ask me, Pastor Dio, why do bad things happen to good people? I always respond with, there aren't any good people. What are you talking about? They're all bad. They're all rotten. It's total depravity. Now, some of us might not be as bad as we could be, but you are still bad. Go ahead and look at, yeah, go ahead and look at your name and say, bad to the bone. Just look, tell them that. And see, that's the reason God in the Bible said that there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which leaves another problem because the wages of sin is death. Say it out loud with me. The wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. So here's the fact of the matter. Because of Adam... We are all born with our bodies dying and our spirits dead. All right? And then we have death on the inside of us. The wages of our sin is death. So we are helpless and hopeless. We are condemned to drink the cup of God's judgment and God's wrath. Because of it. Because we're, we're separated from God. We're estranged from Him. We're sinners. That was our sentence. Judgment. Everybody said what? Judgment. But, but, but God prescribed a substitute. Everybody say it out loud. What? A substitute. The substitute was a perfect, spotless, innocent lamb. Now, listen. You and I were guilty. You and I were the sinners. You and I, not the lamb. But God chose from the very beginning create a substitute, to give us a substitute, all right? In fact, the day that Adam and Eve sinned, they were hiding. The sequential order of sin is fear, guilt, and hiding, all right? They were hi God came and said, hey guys, why are you hiding? They said, because we're naked. You've been naked the whole time. But sin creates a, conscious, a self consciousness. Sin creates guilt. And so, well, we're naked. So Jesus, here's what God did. God provided some skins. Where did those skins come from? A skin of a lamb. And God was the one who himself made the sacrifice that the lamb should die and not them so that their sins could be covered. A lamb for a man. Everybody say it out loud. A lamb for a man. A substitute. All right? For a man. Now, guys, if you've ever wondered if God would save you if you were the only person on earth, the answer was right there. He did it for those two, and they were the only ones. So He would do it for you. All right? From then on, each person was responsible to sacrifice a lamb once a year. God modeled it, and so now every year they were to offer a sacrifice. Here's a couple of things to remember. Adam and Eve's 
had sons. One of them was called Abel. Abel was a shepherd of sheep. It was one of the only, it was the only animal at that point that they would actually multiply and shepherd and tend to. Why? Because, not because they ate them, because nobody ate meat before the flood of Noah. I don't know if you guys knew that, but nobody ate meat until then. All right? So they were actually, you know, multiplying sheep for sacrifice. Each person needed a lamb for themselves. If you remember Cain and Abel's story, Abel offered what God had prescribed, what God did for them, a lamb, the lamb that he was multiplying, the lamb he was tending, he was a shepherd. He provided it, God accepted it. Cain, he offered something else. He offered the fruit of the ground. God said, no, Cain, you have to offer what I've prescribed. Go back and offer a lamb. He refused, and instead of offering a lamb, he killed his brother. You remember the story. But the idea is that I want you to see it was a lamb for a man. The sacrifice had to be made. The substitute that God provided. But then it moved from the prescription change. God said, instead of a lamb for a man, now I'm going to increase it. A lamb for a family. During the time that they were in Egypt, do you remember? God said for each family to offer the Passover lamb. Each family was to offer a lamb, a spotless a blemishless lamb, and the blood would be put at the doorpost. So it was a lamb for a man at the beginning. Then God changed the prescription. A lamb for, that was a substitute. Everybody said, a what? A substitute. So they wouldn't die. The lamb died, and it was a substitute. A lamb for a family. But then, when the nation of Israel came into Jerusalem, they became a nation. God prescribed a different prescription. It was going to be a lamb for the nation. One lamb on a special day that God announced it. It's going to be called the Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of covering. On that day, the high priest will offer a lamb for the whole nation of Jews. He will offer a lamb for everyone, and everyone's sins will be covered for one year. You guys got that? A lamb for a man, a substitute for a man. A substitute then for a family. A substitute then for a nation. But there was one thing about it. One problem with this. Is that the lambs or the substitutes that were, were prescribed, they only offered limited and temporary coverage. They were limited to only Israel. Only Jews. Only their sins were being covered. And they had to do it every year. So it was like, you know, got to renew uh, I've got to renew. I've got to do it again. All right? So that was, that was and, 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 the, so, and then this thing about covering their sins, it didn't forgive, it didn't remove the sins from them, it just covered them. That's what this, this substitute lamb did. God wanted to provide unlimited and eternal salvation. Once and for all salvation. All right? Once and for all forgiveness. So, here's what he did. He sent his son. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All right? And if you remember, once Jesus was on the earth and, he, you know, ready to start his ministry, John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said this. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the... A substitute 
for a man, a substitute for a family, a substitute for a nation, and now, God says, a substitute for the world. You're included. Look at your neighbor and say, you're included. Thank God, right? Thank God He didn't want to leave me out. He didn't want to leave you out. So, just like God did for Adam and Eve, God provided a lamb, a substitute for us. Because we were all filled with sin. We were all, I mean, bad to the bone. But like I said, this time, this lamb that God was providing was for everyone. One lamb for the whole world. So Jesus came to be, and here's first and foremost, the first and foremost answer, He came to be our, everybody said out loud, substitute. He took the penalty for our sin. He took our job. We were the sinners. We were the ones sentenced to death. But He took our judgment. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says this. Yet it was whose? Our weakness He carried. It was whose? Our sorrows that weighed Him down. And we thought His troubles were a punishment from God. A payment for His own sins. Oh, they were a payment for sins, but they weren't a payment for His own. But He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. And 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, out loud together, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. He was like that innocent lamb. Oh, suffering and bearing the penalty of our sin, the guilty. The story of Barabbas in the narrative of Jesus is a perfect illustration. You remember, Barabbas was the criminal that was guilty of murder and insurrection against Rome. He had been arrested and sentenced and condemned to be crucified. But then something happened. On the day he was to go out and pick up the cross that was meant for him, he was interrupted. You've been pardoned. Somebody else is going to take that cross. Jesus Christ ended up taking his cross. Jesus who was innocent. It's the perfect picture of the innocent dying for the guilty. The innocent taking the punishment of the guilty. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus took the cross, the judgment that was intended for Barabbas. And guys, Jesus took the cross, judgment that was intended for us because of our lies, because of our lusts, because of our hate, because of our hard-heartedness. He was innocent. He was the perfect lamb, spotless and innocent. And yet, He took ours. And on the cross... Right? He carries the cross. On the cross, Jesus drank the whole cup of God's judgment, of wrath. The whole cup, down as they would say, to the dregs. He drank the dregs and all. That's the, the sediment that is on the bottom of the, the barrel of, of a wine vat. It, you know, after it's been sitting for so long. You know, the, the fine wine is on the top, and the little closer you get to the bottom is it's the lesser wine, all right? And then at the bottom, they just don't normally just dispose of that. It's the worst, because it's got all the sediment. Jesus drank all 
of God, the full blow of God's judgment. He drank it all. He emptied the cup of God's judgment so that there would be none left for you and I. Isn't that pretty cool? In fact, here's something that will jog your memory. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays a prayer. He says, Father, please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. What is that cup? The cup of judgment. But instead of passing it by, he drank every last drop of judgment for you and I. Wow. And while he was on that cross, after he had drank, he, he experienced the full blow. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because while he was on that cross bearing our sin, him the innocent, for us the guilty, while he was bearing, God turned away from him. God abandoned him on that cross because of our sin. He drank the full, took the full blow of the judgment for us. But then a little later in the storyline, as Jesus is on the cross, Jesus declared a statement. He said this, It is finished. Say it out loud. It is finished. The proper interpretation for that is paid in full. Everybody say it out loud. Paid in full. Jesus paid our penalty entirely, completely. A believer in Jesus will not have to pay one iota of punishment. Jesus absorbed it all. Isn't that awesome? But let me ask you this. Yeah, you can applause. He did it all. But let me ask, was Jesus' sacrifice, was His substitution for everyone or just people that would come to believe in Him? You're thinking, thinking about it. Well, you know. Was His sacrifice for everyone? Was it all-inclusive? You're right. Yes. Jesus paid for everyone's sins. For the whole world. But only those who put their faith in Him will be saved. It's His grace plus our faith that makes salvation personal. Let me say it this way. Everyone in hell today had their sins paid for but they rejected the ransom, the blood of Jesus Christ. They decided to pay their own penalty instead of accepting His sacrifice and Him as a substitute. It's called faith. Everybody said, what? It's the difference. As we cling to the simple You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with the foundations of the Christian faith. And what better place to start than in the beginning? That's right, all the way back in Genesis 1 verse 1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You might wonder why that would matter to the faith, but it really is one of the foundations. Think of it this way. 
The one who has the power to create galaxies out of nothing has the power to move in your life and circumstances. When you know that it was God who made it all, you can know that it's still God who's in control of it all. No matter how out of control the world might feel, you have this foundation to stand on. God created the world. He created you. And He has plans for you that have been in place since before the world began. Now that's a firm foundation. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, I have some great news for you. Are you ready? We've got more great messages stored up for you. Just head on over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archives with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. Okay, well, we've run out of time for today, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion right here on The Simple Truth. See you then. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we